Welcome back to the hood. This is Chillin' Greenbox with Specs Thompson interview. And like always, my co-host is not here. This time, the, the watchman came and snatched him up. Like he didn't want to do the interview for some reason. So I almost had him. He was sitting right in the seat, and then he got snatched up. You know, but it was what concrete comments do, I guess. But we got Anaji here. You know. Anyway, so thanks for coming on, man. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> All right. So, uh, for the people who don't know who you are, give people a brief introduction who you are. Yeah. Uh, my name is Onaji Rouse. I'm a filmmaker and writer and comic book creator here in Atlanta. Um, I created the books Odina, Kandaki, and uh, Sister Circle. And I currently have a film in the film Black Film Festival Atlanta, uh, Drafted Origins, which is a live action spinoff series. Okay, okay, okay. I I know about the filmmaker part, so we definitely get into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so bring, being from the same state I'm from, I'm pretty sure you know what the green box is, right? The what? The green box. The green box. Oh, you don't. <laughs> the green. <laughs> so, so you know the green electrical box that be in the city in front of the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So you like back in the day, y'all didn't hang out on those like chill, chill. Yeah. Oh, the green box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what the show is about. Like, it's about the yeah. show the green box. So okay, so. The green box, okay, the electrical box. I used yeah. to just call it the electrical box because you know they tell you well, like see, you, you you smart. See, you saying out electrical. <laughs> well, I was I was that I was that Negro. You know, yeah, yeah. Box. See, see you smart. They told us you know not to do too much with it, and but we sat on it. We yeah, ran around. Yeah, we were some bad kids in the south, but yeah. Yeah, so that's that's basically what the show is, man. You're just hanging out, you know, chilling because uh. Like most podcasts, you know, I've been on or watch, you know, it'd be a creator on there talking about his comic or project for two hours straight and nobody yeah. knows who they are or even have a reason to support them. Yeah. So I developed my show for people to come on and so people can learn about them and actually get a reason to support them and follow them and learn about what they do. Well, that's awesome. Good job. All right. So like yeah. uh, I got four different segments all based off of comics or music type of things. And um. The first segment is called Breaking It Down, because when you were chilling at Greenbox, you was breaking concepts, ideas, and stuff with your friends, and so we're going to break your brain down some icebreaker questions so people know more about you. All right. All right. Let's do it. So, so my first question, if you had a million dollars, what charity would you donate to? Ooh, that's a good one. You know what? Because I do actually think about some charities, Um, like one of the, the St. Jude's, I would definitely probably do. That that's one of the ones I would do. So why Saint Jude? I heard so many. It, I heard so many negatives about Saint Jude. So why Saint Jude? Well, more so because of the kids with who are the cancer patients. More so for that, I would no. probably definitely try to make sure that they go. The money goes to them, but also it'll go some some type of like anything involving like back into the community. Okay, like outside of that, because I definitely would love to do that. So yeah. See, uh, I probably want to do Saint Jude. I probably do. Uh, a Ronald McDonald house or something like that instead. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my mom, like, she passed away. Well, she was big with, uh, well, technically, me talking about it, it's all full circle now. So, but, so my mom passed away, but she was real but good with foster children. She always wanted to help out the foster kids, go to, yeah. go to the uh, the court with them, all that stuff. Uh, I say full circle because my fiance, she was a foster kid. So that's why I say, okay, yeah. full circle. So now I, I I get hit two different ways with that. So I would really donate something to like the foster program or something like that because yeah. you know I don't heard 
when my mom went through with them kids in court. Yeah. Then when my girl being uh, adopted, I heard the stories prior to her actually getting a family, how it was. Mm-hmm. So I do something for that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot, dude. When I tell you, even like mental health facilities within our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. like I would love to do something like that as well. Like, so it's one of the things where I was like, if I could do more, trust me. <laughs> yeah, like uh, um, here, so you pro- so so here I'm in Augusta, so uh, uh, we had a whole bunch of homeless shelters. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the springtime, maybe beginning of summer, a lot of them closed down. Yeah. So now all the homeless just migrating everywhere. Yeah. And no, that's similar here. What is funny part about it, Atlanta? Was uh, giving y'all homeless uh, uh, a hot meal and a bus ticket and shipping them down to Augusta, so we had an influx of even more homeless guys. Y'all yeah. shipping them down here. Y'all giving a hot meal and a ticket down here. <laughs> I like, he, like crazy. He, they are they are grimy. Never mind. I'm not gonna say that. Yeah, I'm it's, not the people. I'm talking about the officials. But yeah, yeah. but going with your meals and health, like you know, I I seen homeless people and I seen junkies and stuff like that. But yeah. now I'm, I'm I live downtown in Augusta, so now I see more of them now. Yeah, and now I'm looking at them. I'm like, well, this person might not be a junkie. They might actually be a mental problem. Yes. So now I'm like, oh man, now you just hard to tell because you don't know are they on the street because they got no family members helping them out or they just strung out. Yeah. Like, it's, it's wild. My next question. So. Uh, let's say some unfortunate event happened and you just end up going to hell, right? Oh, <laughs> so, <Lord. laughs> so, um, what songs are you playing in your hell? Because mm. that one preacher, he's at Rihanna was playing. <laughs> Probably Sexy Red. <laughs> Sexy Red. <laughs> you just hear, you just hear Ski and all the time. Pretty much. That's all, that's all you hear. That and, yeah, that'll be the main, the main thing. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Sukiyana. Uh, uh, my sister in law, she was a Sukiyana fan. So my <laughs> daughter is a uh, four, and for some reason she picked up on one of the songs, and uh, oh. so she won't play it no more. But it's stuck. So every if you if you say a trigger word like a uh, switch, so yeah. she'll be like switch, and, and we eat and eating ass and eating ass. Like, oh man, don't go to school saying that. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, I don't know what songs are being mine though. I mean, uh, I work in retail, yeah. so the music playing on the radio there is already oh, that, uh, that uh that elevator type music. <laughs> no, it's the uh, so it's the oldies, right? Then it's also old western too. Like, so yeah. it's like bad. Like, uh, I mean, I, I swear they played some song that. And that was in like the fifties the other day. I was like, "Come on!" Oh, they they played the um uh uh it's a Halloween song. Now yeah. it's talking about the bone the bone zone bone zone dun dun that song. But yeah, I you know I hear it because my kids and it's a kids version. But they actually played a version for like nineteen twenty other day. I was like, "This guy sounds super old." Like, so this they, sounds like your hell sounds like a, a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah, just but no Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here like so. Ten hours there, I probably hear some of those songs like four times a day, and it just <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. 
it's better than working at Goodwill. Uh, I was I was at Goodwill, and you would hear pop for a song, right? Like you would hear, yeah. I don't know, uh, "Roll Out" by Ludacris, right? But it'd be uh, uh, some unknown white artist singing "Roll Out" instead, <laughs> <laughs> like Kids Bob. <laughs> yeah, it it was crazy. Like um, it was they played uh, what what really pissed me off. They played was it Rosa Parks. Or uh, Roses by Outkast, but it was some yeah. white guy. Oh, what, what white guy not doing acoustic well, actually, guitar? That sounds, like, that sounds like music for hell. Actually. Yeah, acoustic guitar playing it. Yeah, soulless music that you can just play. Okay, man, yeah. where y'all find is it? Um, my next quick, my last question: What's something that you wish you understood better? Hmm, that's a good question. Jesus, this, you know, life, <laughs> it is what it is. But I will have to say, I wish I understood the, the mind behind how people tried to think the government was for the people, like who, the, how they came up with that concept when it wasn't necessarily built for us, it was built for others. So, but it, like I, I feel like there's a like a a paranoia type of mindset that was into creating that, but yeah, I, I don't I don't get what was the point of all this this shit. So, but yeah, <laughs> like um, I I don't know you call it tin hat or what, but like uh, I don't know how deep you go down rabbit hole is, but um, I feel like I'm a more, mm-hmm. uh, and they. Black people is already there, yeah, in, in America. So if you if you look at you know some old pictures of how Indians look, you know they got our same nose, facial structures, and sometimes that shading is dark, just like us. So then, so you got them, then you got you know of course the Mexican ones, but in, in the picture you see a Cherokee Indian, he looks almost white. Now when did that happen? So. Yeah. Um, and it and it hit home because I worked with a guy. Uh, he he passed away too, but he was like seventy two. Uh, so he did all the wars or whatever. But he was original Native American, not like Cherokee, Muscogee, nothing like that. But his grandma was already here, and I think they live somewhere around Arizona, New Mexico, something like that. And they booted his family out to Mexico. Yeah. So they had to come back from Mexico to America in, in California. So he looked just like uh uh what Danny Tavala, the machete guy. Yeah. He looked, he looked just like him, but he was like seventy two. You look at him, he looked like he was by probably like fifty two. Yeah. And he was like he's like I'm like that's crazy. Like he's like, Yeah, and I see his features like he looked like real Indian. Yeah. Not, not, like not like a Mexican, not like that. You can see the facial features. I was like, man, yeah. like people who win the war do change history. And also, uh, colonization also kind of played into that as well for features for indigenous people too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. that's why they don't look the same like they used to as well. So, <laughs> I mean, I've been yeah, I, I, I did some time in Idaho, and uh, the ones there. Uh, so. When I went, it was barely no black people. I think I counted like five in a in a three hour radius. <laughs> so um, the Indians there, 
they did all the black people stuff there. It was crazy. Yeah. They did dancing, they did the rapping and all that stuff. I'm like, that's funny. But yeah. uh, <laughs> on that reservation, they didn't play the radio. Like uh uh people I was staying with, uh their sister or whatever she was doing them went and her boyfriend went on the reservation to do something and mm-hmm. they did something they ain't supposed to do or whatever and they got stopped by the Indian police. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know they got kicked out of the reservation and their car had to stay there. And they went back for that car next morning, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, but you know they all they all, oh yeah, by the way, they they was white. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, by the way, they was all friendly with us, you know. Say, oh man, yeah. what's up? Yeah, y'all from y'all from Georgia? Oh, Atlanta? Yeah, future? Yeah, Richard McCorn? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Have you seen the show Reservoir Dogs? Uh, no, I haven't. It's a really good show. It kind of highlights indigenous uh, people in the Midwest and how they live. And some of them are, I think, one of them is a rapper, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of that segment. Uh, going to my next segment, which is called the back issues, and you know, <laughs> being in the comics, you know all about the back issues. Yes. So, if you want to know about you know a character order story, you typically you go on their back issues. So, if you want to know about uh, I don't know. Uh, I had a name. I had a name right in my head, and I forgot. But if you want to <laughs> know about firestorms, you want to know about her back uh, her origin story. You go into her back issues, find out more about her origin story. So yeah. now we're gonna go to your back issues to find out more about your origin story. Okay. All right. So, uh, where are you from, and what do you call your hood? Huh. I'm. What do I call my hood? Hmm. Well, I'm from uh, North Carolina. Well, we they often refer to themselves as the Street Third Street Crew. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so because we was across the track, so you know right. it was a different one. And I think we it used to be Fifth Street, but you know they changed Fifth Street to Martin Luther King. Oh, you know, she lost the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it was the Third Street crew that was around my area. So. <laughs> oh okay. Um, what part of North Carolina? Um, Raleigh, but I also live in Greenville, North Carolina as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what brought you to Atlanta? Uh, creative career. Because what I wanted, what I'm doing now, I couldn't do there. I couldn't be a comic book creator trying to make waves in film industry and publishing there, like I'm doing here. So, yeah, I mean, is I just like Charlotte don't have that same um stuff. They do, but it's not as prominent as Atlanta. Right? Oh, okay. Charlotte's slowly starting to catch wind of what they're doing. But I moved down here in 2009. So I've been here for oh, a while. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, 2009. Um, yeah, they definitely was slow. They were still almost yeah. like everybody there almost local, almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, it didn't build up until like a few years after. Like, so I came in right before like the actual the I think, hit. Well, I think because of them tech jobs popped up there, I think. That's what sparked it. I don't know. Something sparked it, but air, like everybody just moving out to their jobs was like just relocating a whole bunch of people. I forgot what triggered it. I forgot what triggered it, but I know once this movie studio started really filming here and stuff, that also helped as well. So, mm-hmm. and also you know the tax break for them, it oh. helps. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, uh, mu- uh, music. You listen to music? 
I do. Uh, what artist or song or got you liking a certain genre or got you just into music in general? Hmm. That's a good one. I'm definitely, I'm not listening to uh, all, all music, but I would say probably like soul music definitely probably was the first one. But as I got older, you know, hip hop played a part because Nas, it was written album was amazing. Like that was my first album I bought with my money. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but even though, like, even before that, like, I bought, like, I used to get the mixtapes off the street, mm -hmm. like, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was always, I want to say black music, but black music overall. Like, soul, the old R&B stations, the old soul stations, the hip-hop stations. Like, I just appreciate it all. So, there's no specific, like, one thing. So, yeah, if you see my playlist, I have, like, a ton of playlists. I got, like, the hip-hop, the, the trap. The R and B, the uh, alternative R and B, like with Scissors and Frank Ocean and them, mm -hmm. and I got the old soul throwback. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I have that shit breaking down. Like that's how good it is. Uh, being from North Carolina, you didn't uh, uh, like Peter Pablo, uh, the Clips, uh, Pharrell, and all them. They didn't. Uh... Okay, okay, okay. Well, Pharrell is a. Uh, of course, you know Pharrell. He's mm -hmm. he's on there. How can you have a playlist without him on it? Yeah. But um, let me see. Jodeci, they're from Charlotte, so. Oh, I ain't know I, that. Yeah. Um, I, thought from, I thought it was from Georgia. No. Oh. Um, Fantasia. Okay, knew that one. But, yeah, and you know, she got the color purple coming out as well. As well so. How you feel about the re How you feel about them remaking it? I don't care for remakes like that, but you know what? If that this is their touch on it, I'll I'll give it a try. Okay. It's a musical. It's a musical. I, I, you know, I can't say no. But okay. if it's trash, then I'm be like, you know what? It ain't my money, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, they got what Haley ba Bailey in it, and I'm like, yeah. I don't remember too much singing in in the color purple. So like, hey, well, see, that's why it's it's the actual musical movie. Not so it's not so it's not the one from back in the no. day. No, it's not the one from back. So it's the actual play. Yeah, it's the actual. It's not the actual play. It's the. Musical. I know it's, it's the, the play version of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I ain't know. Okay, now that's different. Yeah. So what? So, have you watched the play? No, What's, I have not seen the play yet. Uh, I say like, what? What would I was going to ask like, where would the singer parts be <laughs> in the story? That I don't know, but I've seen the performance of the singers uh, on. The TV series, like the one young lady who played Harriet, mm -hmm. she was playing Celia on the Broadway play, and she would perform the song "I'm Here," which is like the main theme song. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing. So, but I did get my tickets to see the Wiz though. That's coming up be here in November. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, see, I, I wanna, I got well, I mean, Gus is the guy. He's a historical Wizard Oz guy. He wrote Wizard Oz books, and I want to team up with him and do a Wiz book, like because. Yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody touch it. Then, and I got the music background, so like, it's easy. So, but oh. yeah, I just got, I, I gotta look at the lore, man. It just the Wizard of Oz stuff got so much lore into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, comic book wise, um, uh, what got you into comics? Uh, a comic book or a comic related TV show? What got you into the comic book? Comic books actually got me into comic books. Um. <laughs> It was definitely X Men. 
Okay. I'm a big X-Men person. But my actual first book before like um I actually bought was an Avengers book. Like an actual Avengers book and it was during um Intergalactic Storm, which was like a crossover event between the Avengers. But the X Men are like the main books that I bought like doing like this is like before Jim Lee that um took over like the gold and blue team. Like he was still drawing them mm-hmm. up until but yeah, X Men are like my main go to. Like my books right now is X Men Red because that's X Men Red, yeah, yes, yes. I, I'm behind though. So like, my last thing I read was uh, uh, when they came back from that timeline. I can't think of the the, the uh, uh Sins of, Sins of Sinister. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So you definitely might want to go ahead and jump in it because right now on Araco is the Genesis War. It's going off and it's popping off. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like, I I I ain't get to see the Hellfire. Gala, none of that stuff. So you I got, none of that. I got, I, the last thing I think when they came back and it was like, "Who is uh Respucia?" And she was like, "She, had, I'm the da da da." That's the last thing. Pretty much has shifted them their focus on the X Men now. And so after the the gala, go read up on it whenever you get a chance. After the gala, like a lot of stuff went happen. Mutants have been on the run. They've been transported to Mars, or they've so been the fall of X. So right now it's fall of X. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, you go check it out. That's all I can tell you. Because, <laughs> like, you know, the, the um, solicits, you know, spoil it. So I've been waiting for Apocalypse and Magneto to come back. And they already saying Magneto to come back. So I thought, yeah. where's Apocalypse, man? He got to come back, too. Like, he actually makes an appearance in this recent uh few, um this recent ep- issue of uh, X-Men Red. So that's why I don't want to tell you too much. You got to go on. All right, go. yeah, I, I, I catch up. I catch up. All right. Um... So, you know, um, you know, you say you read comic books or whatever, so uh, and you do comic books now or whatever, so uh when did you find out that she was a uh a blur? <laughs> that's a good that's a good that's a good question. When I had that recollection that I was a blur. I always knew like I was a blur, but I didn't have a term until like a few years ago when we had the actual term come. Because mm-hmm. growing up, kids knew me as the comic book kid. Okay. Like and I grew up around predominantly black kids. Oh, yeah, and they knew me. They was like, "Yo, Najee's into mythology and comic books." Like, and they ain't tease me or nothing or nothing. They just knew I was that kid. So I didn't know I was a blur until like I got older, and people was like, "The term blur came about," and I was like, "Oh, so that's what I am." Um, you're like the second or third guest to bring up mythology. Um, liking mythology. Yeah. Uh, I get. I assume I like it too. Um, I really like. The, <laughs> I really like. Like, I like the Odyssey, like the Odyssey. All right, I yeah. love that. Um, the movie Troy, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't ask them the questions, but what triggered you to like mythology? Like, what, what, what was like your draw to it? Reading the backgrounds on the uh, twelve main gods and learning that you know those twelve main gods and how they got into their position of power and how they overthrew how Zeus overthrew his father to get to Mount Olympus, and then learning about how it like all the other deities within that thing. And so as I deep dive, learning the stories about, you know, um, I can't say the names because some of them are butchered them, but like Perseus and, you know, his uh, journeys, Hercules, you know, all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's some names I can say. Oh, Persephone and Hades, yeah. how she ended up becoming the queen of the underworld and <laughs> that type of thing. So, but yeah. That reading just one insert and from a book, I was like, 
I gotta learn more about this stuff. So and I start deep diving. I've always been a kid to deep dive into stuff when I started learning. Okay. Did you get into like the Beowulf stuff and all that? No, I didn't get into like those type of mythologies. I tried to do Norse. I couldn't get into it. I couldn't get mm-hmm. into Norse. The only one I, I dived in was uh the King Arthur. The King Arthur stuff was pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, they, uh, some of that stuff they based that Game of Thrones off of it. <laughs> yeah, it's basically what it is because, like, uh, the way I was thinking, I think it's more of a uh, uh, something happened. Yeah. So, like, he probably did like two, two or three good fights, and yeah. the legend just started making it more and more what it was. But yeah. other than that, he to me, he's not like he's a trash king. Like, he sucked as a king. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like he just didn't care. Um, yeah. So, but that that surprised me because you know, growing up, you got the Sword in the Storm movies. Like, oh, King Arthur, he was great. You no, know, Merlin was a good guy. That him and him and Merlin and Arthur was terrible. <laughs> 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 yeah, this uh, the, the whole thing they gave the wrong niggas power. You know, just yeah. you know, ran ran off and did whatever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's it for that segment. Going to uh, my next segment, um, it's called the hotkeys. It's a double meaning ter- uh, term. You know, in comic books, you know, it's uh, hotkeys are key issues when new writer, new art, new uh, artist, uh, a new storyline get made. Um, it, you know, nowadays it becomes a TV show, or a movie, uh, yeah. or a character get introduced. You know, people want to get that issue and keep it. You know, they might be worth some money. As well, music. You know, uh, DJs or producers they have buttons on their turntables or uh, keyboard they press it make certain sounds or certain songs uh, pop up uh, to get the crowd live, get get certain songs going, you know, and jumping and whatnot. Yeah. So in this segment, there's some questions that, you know, you gave me or a question that I formulated through this interview that I need people you know, to know more about you in this interview. So this is this section to highlight those. So Okay. All right. So um, I've been jumping your filmmaking stuff. So, uh um, I did not know you was a filmmaker. So, what came first, the filmmaking or the comic books? Comic books came first. All right. Well, so what got you into filmmaking? Um, I always wanted, to, I always wanted to do like be in entertainment, mm-hmm. and I actually took acting classes, but I didn't. Eventually, I was like, I don't want to do that because I'd rather be behind the scenes. Which don't get me wrong, if I do like something for my friends I'll, I'll help them out and you know do that but for me it was more like i want to be able to kind of create my own stuff and so like in class you know i wrote a monologue and the teacher was impressed by it so he was like you should look into writing and so as i wanted to start writing for tv a lot of people don't know it's kind of hard to get into uh writing break into writing for tv because it's no set way of how to do anything so for me i just was like started doing like what some people do. They start creating their own stuff. Like, you know, start looking into it, started learning, taking classes to write, to learn to write better, um, formatting the script. Also, like what you need to go by researching on what I need to do there. Since you said, you know, comic books uh, came uh, first and you got into filming, um, did it make you a better writer now that you try- know how to do scripts and stuff like that? It helped as far as in how to move scenes along. Um, because writing comics, there is a similarity to writing a script. Whereas uh-huh. in, in the script, you're writing, you're you're moving from scene to scene. 
Whereas in the comic, you're moving from panel to panel. However, there's still like some stuff you got to learn to do in script writing when it comes to like how to move like certain scenes along. So that it kind of helps a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I never did film or anything like that, but I shot music videos prior to um, doing comic books. And yeah. when I write my outline, so I wrote, I, read, I write everything in novel form first. Then I give it yeah. to the, the artist. I do, I do an outline. So I do it just like a film treatment. I'd be like, yeah. all right, I want the camera be behind the view at a 45 degree angle from the ground and stuff like that. You know, like uh, the focus is going to be on this. I, that's why I write it. And yeah. I mean, I guess I always appreciate that because I guess some people just put whatever, like, oh, they're having a fight and da da da. I just want my angles and how it should look because I mean. So one of the things you learn in, in screenwriting is never tell a director on how to film. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like I've had, I have people tell me like, take this out because you don't tell a director how to film and it depends on sometimes you'll get with some directors where they don't mind you kind of guiding them on how you want it visually laid out mm-hmm. but sometimes they'll be like they want they'll they'll still do what they want to do because no. i don't know it's, it's a weird thing but yeah i always told was told like don't tell a director like what to do like you can kind of suggest how the scene goes but never tell them like what to do, and because you can, you'll still collaborate with them, because you'll still let them know like you know like hey, well, can we try this way? Because they'll want you on set to be like, what do you think of this scene? So, but yeah, as far as in the writing part, we do do an outline, um, and we'll do like um a synopsis, which is like a bible for the series, and it'll have everything included and all that. So yeah, so it's 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 like um. It's it's a learning lesson. I'll say that much. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you don't tell a director what to do. So what? So what's the screen? So if you're not telling the director what to do, what's the screen treatment then? So what? What's what's your script like? Here's the it, thing: you can still kind of suggest them on how you want the scene to look. Okay. But don't never tell them like. I would say, give an example. Would probably be like never write the camera moves closer in on their face. Like they're already going to do that. So you just have to suggest a way to say like the world picks up on the emotion. And so they're going to know like to capture the person's face. A treatment for a movie is going to be different than it's going to be including like a a Bible. So a Bible is going to have the character breakdowns, the overall story, the the plot of the uh, actual film, the episodes, if it's a, if it's, or unless it's a, fi- a film, then they'll have like the breakdown of the acts, and then also what's the theme. So what a comic like? So would your comic book be a, a a good one for that, or you had to break that down more for you? They still had to break it down more. Oh, okay. Yeah, because even though it's a good, it's a good reference to have for like how like visually, you still have to go deep dive into like what you want this feature or series to be about when it comes to like the plot, you know, like who's the villains, like, you know, that type of thing. Like, so that's why, that's why like the the superhero shows and stuff or anything nowadays is so much different from the source material because, okay. Yeah. They do like deep, deep, deep retooling. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so you, since you know, film and whatnot, 
Are you feeling the superhero fatigue? I don't think it's... Here's the thing. I think there's a fatigue, but I don't think it's so much a superhero. I think it's just from the main two Marvel and DC. Okay. Because if you think about it, like, Gen V right now is on TV, and that's a good-ass show. Yeah, I'm about to bring that up, when you, if it, depending on what you said. Yeah, and then The Boys is still a good show. People are waiting on that. And Invincible just released their season two trailer. So yeah. it's, it's not so much as fatigue. It's more so the story. Like, Marvel and DC are going to give you kind of the same recipe when it comes to their stories. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be as cutting edge as these shows. So they're not fatigued. It's more so just the main two sh- companies, you know, vying for a position. <laughs> Dang. So, like, uh, yeah, you, you brought up DC and Marvel, and um, they both got uh, little spinoff shows. Like, you know, right now Loki's going on. And, yeah. um, you know, you know, DC, they got, what, Peacemaker and Superman Lois or whatever. Yeah. So, is that not the same thing as a Gen V? Or the, no. like, the, the, the Atomic uh, Eve spinoff things? No. Because the story, like, you're more invested in Gen V. You don't know, like, you really want to know, like, what the hell is going on. Like, it's mm-hmm. so absurd that you're so invested. Like, that's why people are just like, what the hell is really going on, like, with these characters? Like, the the story they created, it intrigues you and it pulls you in. Because you, don't you want to know, like, what the hell is going on at Goldokan University? I yeah. want to know what the hell is going on. I can give a shit about what the hell Peacemaker got going on. He's he's going to do what he's going to do. Typical, be somewhere in his underwear, shooting, killing stuff. Is that, you think that's because you know who Peacemaker is, but you don't know who them kids are? I didn't know who the hell Peacemaker was. I just not, don't, not invested in what the hell he got going on. Like, I just, it's nothing, it's nothing to invest me. Like, you have more of a dynamic cast with Gen V. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're more fucked up than him. Excuse my French. <laughs> so. Now, what, what, what? Now, I, I get what you're saying because I watched Peacemaker, and when they said that girl was uh, Amanda Waller's daughter, that shit been a oh my god moment. Yeah, but he just didn't care. Like, okay, so what? No. Yeah, move no. the plot forward. Keep moving the plot forward. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that part right there, that should have been like, oh yeah. But we all like, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, and like uh, Loki right now, like I'm like I'm in I'm intrigued because uh, I mean the first season was pretty good, second season yeah. you know, it was pretty good, and they they using a lot of word terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen it yet? No. Uh, well, one of the characters' name is uh, can't think of the name, but the meaning of his name is mean when. Time goes in a circle and eats itself or devours itself. Yeah. So they're kicking this idea of time being a loop. Yeah. So they they drop us on plot points that they think that uh just for not spoiling thing that you know like uh Loki could be his own father type stuff like one of them like plot points. Yeah. Like he's the cause. He's the cause of that's the cause because he's the one who did that. You know, that's what they're they spinning out. So, uh, so when they always say, "Okay, Loki's always a variant that messes stuff up," it's probably because he's the 
part of one who started everything <laughs> anyway. But yeah, um, that's what they, I feel like they're going in the show. But like yeah. other, other things happening in the show. So I'm trying to, I'm right now I'm trying to see how this, this new Kang and everybody introduced, you know, while I was in the class. Uh, um, did you watch the Flash TV show? Um, I did the first season. And then after a while, I was like, okay. So I'm thinking they, I think they're gonna treat um Kang like the Harrison Wells character. It's gonna be the same guy just playing a different version of the same guy. Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> gonna, I think they're gonna do that. Like Harrison Wells was cool, but like after that third, fourth one, like it's just the same guy. He just he got a hat on. The same guy. He just oh he drives a motorcycle. Like it's yeah. And I, I feel like that's gonna happen because. Is that a third or fourth king already? Yeah. So like, you know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Um but um I don't feel the superhero fatigue. Um like um uh, my my world I created in my comic books, um I'm gonna I'm probably gonna do the same thing Marvel did. It's all gonna be superhero based, but yeah. that might be a uh, conspiracy movie. This might be a, a heist movie. I mean, a heist book. Uh, this might be a, a coming of age book. Stuff like that. But it's all yeah. superhero based. So, like, it can work. Like you said, it yeah. works in uh, the boys' universe. You know, like I uh, like the Shield uh, show. I, I love I, I love the Shield show. It, it works. Yeah. I already, I already yeah. knew it's gonna be like Adamant Bill coming yeah. coming forward. I know who She Hulk is. Yeah, and it, it makes sense. I didn't. I didn't expect nothing more nor less. I probably want a little bit more fighting, but yeah. at the same time, she's a lawyer. So I mean, yeah, I'm with, yeah, yeah. And I appreciate the fact that they made it a workplace comedy, and it was kind of like, like you said, Alan McBeal meets like such and such. So I kind of appreciate the way they went about creating it differently, and I, I appreciate it. So yeah, I thought it was a good show. Uh, one show that they pitched or had a teaser for or a pilot. Now, I thought it was going to be great. It's going to be a same workplace type show, but it's called Damage Control. Are you familiar with them? No, who is that? So Damage Control is, I think they're S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm not sure, but they're the ones that clean up after all the superhero fights. Yeah. So um, I think the first the first episode or the first pilot, or it could have been, the pilot episode could have been that S.H.I.E.L.D.'s TV show. The Agent of the Shield, it, it, the yeah. pilot part was like one of those episodes where they went to go clean up the Battle of uh, New York, and it was like them like interaction, like all the rubble and all the people they yeah. got to clean. Yeah, so so each little superhero fight, they the ones that come and like clean up in the aftermath and make sure you know everybody's fine. So I was excited was it, to see that show. Was that like as a, a short only thing? Well, on- it's it supposed to be on what ABC. Yeah, or Hulu, but it, it never did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, they got comic books. Like it's actually it's an actual team in the, in the comic books. But like having a show that's like The Office, well, I, I thought it was been pretty funny, but it never did it <laughs> because that's it's because um it's interesting to me because um one of my spinoff series um they're firefighters that has no powers, but they're have to go to the events that if the heroes are fighting that. So, you know, yeah. they're fighting and got deals on fire and stuff. Real firefighters got to come and put the fire out. So my book circles around that whole concept. So I was interested to see how Marvel handled it because, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because it's a real thing. Like, it's still cops 
paramedics, firefighters in his, in his world. So they still got a job to do themselves. Because superheroes never stay 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 back and be like, oh, let's help up clean this robot out, you know, do this. They're yeah. like, oh, oh, we're done. They fly away. Yeah. <laughs> like some dweebs. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, your book. So how'd you come up? How how'd you come up with the concept and idea for your book? Um, I originally was working on another book, which was about my character, uh, Devin Lennox, but I wasn't really feeling the book because I was like, everyone, I don't know, it was kind of like, the book wasn't really moving me. And I was like, I need something different. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I want to introduce a character spinoff, like kind of tied into the world of the character. So that's when I created, I was like, and I'm gonna make her a black woman. I was like, her name's gonna be Odina, which is like an indigenous name for a mountain. And so I wanted her to be kind of like, you know, her own character, her own spinoff. It was gonna be like a one shot, but then after a while I was like, okay, well I guess we're gonna make this into a couple more books. And so I kind of based off all eight of my nieces and their their personalities and since you know helping watching them grow up kind of make her her kind of like similar to them that and that that age range as far as and who she was as a person so yeah and it kind of stuck from then um you know i hit see lonzo post uh, a lot of your stuff and people reaction to your book so would you basing off your nieces and stuff is that is that part of why that people are drawn more towards your character because of that i think it's one thing um i think it is a lot of things i think it is for one, her aesthetics, because I actually, when creating her, I wanted her to look as unique as possible, and I wanted her to still be fully clothed, mm-hmm. and want her, like, to over-sexualized, and it is kind of like, kind of like with that, it draws the attention of, you know, the character's persona, you per se, you know, of, you know, Southern sass, but I definitely hope that people are liking it overall. So, I I like to think everything plays into it. If if I be honest, I like it's a lot of things. So I just mm-hmm. I, I'm just glad I'm just glad people appreciate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I think you gave me I think you gave me three titles. I can't remember the third one, but <laughs> I remember the sec, second one. The second was was Sister Circle. So is that in the same book? Is that like her group? Yeah. Her group? Okay. Yeah, Kandaki and Sister Circle are both two spinoff series from Odina. Um, okay. Kandaki picks up right after right after issue six, um, which that just won a Glyph Award, no, issue one. Oh, okay. um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's based off the African legends of the Kandaki queens and the Kush kingdom. So doing like um, BC era. And Sister Circle is another spinoff from the series, which is kind of like, it takes some of the characters from that series and they kind of go off into another direction. So, so what, so I guess, um, Odina's more like uh, the Wonder Woman type character, correct? Yeah, she's a she's a flagship character. Eventually, she's gonna be part of it. She's gonna have a team. And uh, so, Sister Circle is not the team. No, it is not. Okay, so uh, uh, what are what are, so what would be the archetype for the, your other books? If uh, um, for you mean like for the character builds? I well, mean, like for, so, so like if you uh. If it, you know, I'm going to your table at a con and I see those books, like, what if you say, oh, if you like da-da-da? Yeah. 
Well, for Adina, it's going to be like Supergirl meets X-Men. So she's okay. definitely going to give you that type of feel where, you know, she's, you know, the powerhouse type and uh, character type. Um, for Kandaki, she's like Wonder Woman meets, I want to say Angela from Thor. She, you know, she's, oh. yeah, she's not like Adina where she's going to be cautious. She's she's going to go right for the, the jugular with her blade. So. Okay, okay. Yeah, so she's she's cutting you down regardless. And Sister Circle is more like A Force, but with all black women. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I get it. I get it. I get it. And uh, so these other spinoffs, it stops on uh, your first book and those continue, or the first book is still going on as well? Well, for Odina, I'm going to focus on Kandaki right after I drop these few issues. So okay. for Kandaki, it's going to be issues one through four. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Sister Circle, it's going to be three books. So okay. right after that, and then after that, we're going to pick back. that up. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That sounds dope. That sounds dope. Uh, uh, so how, so I'm pretty sure y'all have an in-house artist that does all y'all work. So, but how, how, like, was it hard getting uh, the artist to develop your character? Because, you know, you want to be so, so unique. So was it hard? Or by the time you got the you, it was pretty easy because all the stuff Lonzo put them through. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, no, but by the time it got to me, like, it was easy because I already have, like, ideas of how I want things to look. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I, I can draw and sketch and do all that stuff, so that's fine. I mm-hmm. I have, like, a visual concept of how I want things to look, and once I present it to the artist, they just like, okay. Um, my biggest thing, like most people say, was the hair. Um, yeah. Now, the views, well, Chaz is his, you know, his regular name. Now Chaz's hair is, like, kind of where I want it to be at. Yeah. But, like, if you look at previous works, like, prior to, he was, like, more of, like, a high top fade type thing. Yeah. But, like, uh, the concept was more of a like when Little Baby first came out, a little nappy fro thing mixed with like yeah. uh, Roscoe Dash. That's why it's the hit to his uh his name was the head like like that. I blended it too, but the guy can never get the hair right. Like at, at one yeah. one point, he almost had it looking like a um, a JoJo Bizarre Universe character almost like <laughs> 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 like man, it's crazy. Like but uh my new artist, he he uh he got it right and um it's more like it, but. The hair is a problem, and um, starting off skin tone was a problem. Yeah, um, they kept making my character like super, super light. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I understand you know, I, that. I tell you on that. When I tell you, for black characters, you gotta have you gotta you gotta go in like knowing like how you want things to look, like and stay on top of them, like because two things. One, like you said, with the hair. I had to go get pictures of texture. I was like, I need someone who knows textures. Um, the hair design I have for Odina, I created from Fantasia. She had a, hair, a hairstyle one time. It was like shaved blonde on the side, but it was black. And I was yeah, like, yeah. this is the hairstyle I want. Um, and for shades and skin tones, I will have like a list of like what I want. I'm like, no, that's too light. No, I want this person to be chocolate. Like, no, this is what I want my different shades to look like. So... And if you can't do that, then no. Um. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so how long? So how long have you been doing comics? Since two thousand 
16? Okay. Yeah. It's been a minute. Don't feel like it, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how was it like that first year? How was it doing it? Because uh, oh, it was rough. Because I was drawing the first. I drew my first book, which was it was a hot mess, but it was it was mine. And so mm-hmm. I didn't have no one tell me like what I was doing or how I was doing it. You know, it was just me drawing and doing the the stuff myself. So until I actually had someone like. They say they were going to help me, but they kind of didn't. So mm-hmm. but I started doing more digging myself and started learning more. So as time got on, it was it was uphill from there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and what made you link up with concrete? Um, Lonzo came begging to me because <laughs> he was like, you know, he was like, I need a dope character like yours on my my team. I was like. Mm-hmm. I got you, bro. So I'm just... <laughs> no, I used to be in a, a group with Jamel, and me and him kept in contact. We stayed in contact for a minute. So after a minute, um, after a while, he was like, "Yo, I have a friend who, you know, he's interested in starting. A, he's starting a comic book and a comic book company. He was like, he wanted to know if you were interested in joining, but we never met each other. So he, uh, <laughs> so we got on a call, and he, Liza said when he, he asked him. I want to meet him. He was like, I'm too. I'm not too sure about all this, but <laughs> we eventually all met each other, and they kind of like stuck like then. So he was okay. like, uh, "You sure?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's dope. So, uh, so did, I guess it. So, well, are y'all characters? Is it is it easy mashing all y'all characters together in the storylines and stuff? Because it looks like y'all building a y'all own milestone or. DC Universe, you know. We have our own worlds within the worlds, but we could easily cross over with each other. Um I think that's what we're kind of built on. We don't we don't want to tread a, a line where we have to. not able yeah to do something, but we are able to cross over anytime. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I have been I've been trying to see when y'all can do that in game type, you know, issue, you know. So like <laughs> Look, it's been conversations. We've been trying to like get it together. So trust and believe. We we trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So like going forward, you know, what's your what's your, what's your future plans? You know, as a creator. Oh, take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely in um the short term, I definitely still want. I want to next year tour more with my books and do more cons. And also um, do more filming. Uh, long haul, definitely want to get to a point where I get um, deals in place. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to uh, kind of sew into other people, basically. Like, you know, like create other jobs and stuff from what I'm doing. So, because that's the whole thing of like sewing back into people because people sew into you. So, yeah, true. All right. Uh, was it hard writing a comic book? It was for when you someone for when you don't know what the hell you're doing at first, and which mm-hmm. it was because I know like I would just go and read a comic book and be like, "Let me see. Okay, they're doing this right there. They're doing this. Okay." But as time gets on, you get better. So it definitely that first round, I was 
I didn't know the hell I was doing. I was just, I wanted to write a comic book. I was just happy. <laughs> yeah, what made you do that versus a novel? <sighs> I don't know, it just seems like a lot of work. Like a lot of work. Really? Yeah, and I'm and I'm more See, it's, of a, to me, to me, it's the opposite. You know, it seems like a lot of work. It is to me. Like I got, I got competition notebooks full of stories that I just sit there and just jot it down. Yeah. But when I when I got to do the panels, okay, I want five panels of this page and all that. That seems like to work for me. See, see the 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 novel ideas. It seems so intense. But eventually, I would like to go that route. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. I would. But yeah, that's good. That you you can do that. <laughs> so I've been right. I've been writing this. Writing down stories since you know since I was like elementary school, just you know, yeah. uh, um, make myself be in like a Dragon Ball Z world or Batman world, just jotting stuff down and yeah. uh, doing essays in school. It was the easiest for me to write an essay. I can put fluff in, a, in anything. Like, oh, uh, we need two, need two hundred words. I can fluff it out real quick. Like, oh, yeah. That's yeah. creative. That's creative as crap. Because mm-hmm. even like writing scripts, I'm like. How do I move this thing along? <laughs> yeah, one only thing that got me though, like uh I originally wrote everything like okay, this could be issue one, issue two, issue three, issue four. Uh and I was like, okay, after three pages, it should be an issue. Me writing wise. Yeah. But since I'm writing as a novel, I'm writing a lot of detail. Okay, the view was standing here, his eyes were glowing, you know, Sweat dripping out his face. He's looking at the how this and third. Yeah, I'm saying that that part will take me a half a page to write all that stuff. Mm. But in the book, that's one panel. Yeah. So I don't probably wrote three pages of stuff. I'm thinking, okay, that's the issue. That's two or three panels. And that's it. Yeah. So like that's when it, that would that, that got me. I was like, oh man, I got to start adding more. And as well, uh, like the first book. Made my teaser issue, not really my first book, but my dialogue was real short. Yeah. So now I had to learn how to add more dialogue to keep people reading because, like, okay, they get my book, they done within five minutes. So they I had, had to take my dialogue down. You had to cut yours down? <laughs> oh, man. Because I think somebody told me, like, they should be reading like close to 20 to 30 minutes on your book. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they're blowing through it, you know, you you you, you miss some stuff because they should be blowing through your book. Or if they mm. do blow, if they do blow through it, they should say, "Oh man, let me go back and see," you know, and reread and stuff. So I had to definitely increase my dialogue. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you had to, you had to chunk, um, put yours down. Like, I wish I wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had problem. Yeah, I think um, I got a lot of exposition in my stories yeah. and um. Uh, a lot of um, action, but it's the verbal talking with characters is not that much. But like, I got oh, they I'm explaining this and this word block and all, and yeah. text box. Right, I got that stuff, but the, the verbal scenes, yeah, yeah, one or two word bubbles. Exposition is good for script screenwriting mm-hmm. and that stuff, but for comic book writing, it's not so much as exposition. That is more so the dialogue of the, the characters. So yeah, so. You got it. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'm gonna uh, move into my uh, my last segment of the show. It's called digging the crates. Okay. So, none double men turn. You know, uh, typically, you know, comic books. You know, you dig in the crates, find that old Avengers, uh, Jim Lee X Men issues from back in the day, so you can keep. Yeah. 
and as for music, you know, you're going to get that old soul records, you know, you know, uh, uh, Gerald Levert, all that stuff, you know, you're trying to get it, um, uh, to keep on to it. So I think dig, dig through this interview and pull stuff out. I might pull two, two out for you, but the, uh, the question I've been asking everybody in your camp, uh, which now is even better that you actually in film. The question is, how would you break concrete comments into the silver screen? Like, yeah. uh, like, uh, would you do it like the X, the X Men? Would you do it the Marvel route with each individual character, or you do mm -hmm. it the DC route? Just oh, team battle, then y'all see the other uh, characters. Yeah. So how would you? How would you bring concrete, universe, concrete uh, universe out? I guess. Yeah, I would definitely do like a slow build up with each character, mm -hmm. and that way it'll be like a monumental event or feature where it'll have like all the characters come together. Because mm -hmm. um, I will say DC animation, they do get it right when it comes to their animation. So, mm -hmm. so I definitely do like um, a slow build up that kind of ties in all the characters eventually. So whether it's a series or feature, you know, it'll all eventually come to like that one, you know, in game type anim uh, animation. And who who would start it off? <laughs> Me, of course. My character. <laughs> I got my foot in the dough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think if since Odina is kind of like I'm in the realm of doing that, we can start it off with Odina, and then you know, whatever character, there's no which way to go because each character can stand on their own like from their mm -hmm. own story point so whether it's acolyte watchman deja vu or absolver they can slowly like kind of like same time or maybe just one week after the other it don't matter it all depends on like how the story leads to okay you know? all right so uh i i didn't tell nobody else everybody else answer so y'all y'all all gotta go to the, the end of the show see what everybody else said because uh is right now is everybody different? I think as of right now, everybody might be different. It might be a similar here or there, but I think everybody has a different way that they, they're breaking to it. So I guess that's yeah, great. I feel, like, I feel like once Lyle gets a hold of this, he's gonna say something about him. And I'm be like, I'll shelf his just so I can keep <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh -huh. Um So my next question uh, for you. Um if you okay. You you probably say the latter, but if you got, would you rather get your uh, one of your stories option out to um, a streaming service, or would you rather write for a show or a character already there? Because hmm. is that's a good question. Because when you write for another show, that's your way in the room. And you, a lot of people know that's your connections, and eventually it could lead to a show. So you're already building that other rep. But writing your own stuff, like it also comes with like ownership and stuff like that. So yeah, but see, see, you just got an option though. Yeah, but even with the option, you're still gonna maintain some type. If they of, do, if they do, if they do the show or movie, that's if they do. If they don't, then walk <laughs> away, walk away from the deal. Yeah. Um. And you're right. That's if they do it. Because a lot of times, most of the shows, you're right. They don't do it. So I'm going with going joining the writer's room. Because I've seen shows where like they'd be like halfway, a new president or something comes in, 
and they just throw the shows out. And these yeah. people don't work their ass off for it. So yeah, I'm going with uh, writing for something else. Um, since you know more about it than me, I was going to say, you know, only good part about option is if they say, okay, we'll option show out, we wouldn't give you, you know, $50 million for your for your thing, right? Yeah. And you're like, cool. Then I guess time frame, let's say they got, they got three years, five years to do it. Yep. And it reverts back to you. Now, what you just saying, what you said, now that money they gave me, do I have to use that money to film or is that my money? That money uh, depends on the deal that you negotiated with your lawyer. Mm-hmm. If it's all like in your pocket, then if you, and also if you're the executive producer, it's definitely going to still come out of your pocket. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you still get a fee because you're a producer, a fee. And if you're a writer, you get a fee. And if you're acting and you get paid. So it all depends on what you work out with your, uh, your people. So it's almost exactly like a record deal. Yes. Mm. But you got to make sure your lawyer is top notch and they know okay. what the hell they do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, hey, that, that's 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 news to me, you know. Uh, um, but uh, for people who's uh, who's listening and want to check you out, or uh, wait till you got the next Kickstarter going, or you drop your new film or short film, where can yeah. they follow you at? Um, they can follow me on uh, Obsolete Studio LLC on Instagram, or just hit me up on Concrete Comics IG. Okay. <laughs> and where can they purchase the books from? Um, my link is on was it Odina on the website concretecomics.com website the Odina selection. I have a bundle deal, and I think we have a discount going on right now for the bundle deal. So, thirty okay. percent off. All right, cool, cool, cool. And man, it's been great, man. Sorry about the view, man. Just keep running off no, these con- concrete heroes, man. But uh, appreciate you coming on. No problem. Thank you, Spike. All right. Love- all right, that's the end of the interview. Hope y'all enjoyed it, bro. Let me, let me. What? Hey, the view. Hey, you, Spirit, what, I got a couple God. minutes, man. Let me, let me come get on, it. Come on, man. Uh, come on, uh, give it here. Dang. All right, y'all. I only got a little bit of time. You know, y'all check out Concrete Comics. They got real dope stores, real dope heroes and villains. Y'all check them out. And I've been working with them. They're doing this thing for the whole set, man. December, man. Check them out. Check out the website at Concrete Comics. Get their books. They got plenty of bundles for you, so you can check out all their characters. And, you know, you can check me out, too. I'm not Concrete Comics, but um, I got some dope books and some dope villains. So check me out at LegacyTheView.com, buy a book, and follow me at LegacyTheView, and follow this guy over here laid out, Spec706. Follow him. He's my co-host. Why not? And you want to be on the show for next season, because we're almost over this season. Hit us up at chillinthegreenbox at gmail.com or hit us up at chillinthegreenbox. Man, I'm gone. Bye. That guy.